Football is back. Texans are back. Texas is back. Not more after this. Six inside. We are back. Episode 24. Bquan has already cut the music. Forgot to remind him to. But yeah, we're uh, we're back. I'm back. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, first story, our only real piece of breaking news is USC has fired Helton about, I don't know, a few years past uh, his expiration date. But Helton is gone. USC is now on the hunt for their next head coach. Yeah, I kind of said what everybody was thinking about the past the expiration date. Um, Helton's kind of had fell into a pretty good spot at USC and has never really lived up to the expectations that USC football should have. Um, I don't know. I don't really care about the PAC 12. They haven't been relevant in college football in years. Um, I think the biggest story will be to see who goes to USC next. Um, I know there's some rumors about James Franklin, maybe having some interest going there. I think that would be probably the biggest news that would happen this season in regards to USC, just because James Franklin has a really good situation in Penn state and we were kind of talking about this right before we were recording. Uh, all of that interest, whether it's real or not, is definitely going to throw off the team um, with Auburn coming to town this yeah. week. So who knows? Um, anybody have any other thoughts on who the coach might be? I don't. I haven't really read much about it. All I know is that it's not going to be Helton anymore. <laughs> all I saw was that was the rumors with Urban Meyer and James Franklin. And Urban Meyer already said he's not interested and that he's dedicated to the Jaguars for the time being. I think James Franklin would be an interesting hire. I've also heard randomly be enemy. He said in the past, because he's been up for a lot of NFL head coaching jobs, he said that there was only a few select few colleges that he'd be interested in making that jump from NFL and USC was one of them. So I don't know if they would even try to do that, especially during the season. But I think at this point, I agree with you. It'll be interesting to see who they end up going for. And it'll be interesting the timing on it as well. If they try to do it during the season or wait till the offseason, just go with the interim coach that they have now. I feel like it's not very often that they hire somebody before the season ends. When's the last time that's even happened? college-wise. I, I can't think of one. I can't uh, think of an example. So, I feel like that's – who's their interim right now? Maybe he'll do good. I didn't recognize the name. <laughs> wow, we're really into this conversation. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of represents, like, the attitudes towards USC at this point. Um, just not what they were. Yeah, I've yeah. got it. It's Dante Williams. Oh, of course. Got anything? Uh, he's just – He's, uh, you know, really good dude. He really wants yep. to get the program back on track. <laughs> Got a little bit of <laughs> I Googled Dante Williams, and the first thing that came up was soccer. Um, <laughs> That's how you know you got to hire right there. <laughs> so, right, hey, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe they, uh, maybe he ends up getting it together there. But, yeah, just kind of keeping with that college uh, talk, you know, we are uh, – I guess two or maybe three weeks in, if you want to count that weird first week as a week, uh, week zero, if you will. Uh, a few weeks in here, just uh, kind of discussing surprises, disappointments outside of USC and 
maybe Texas. We can hit on Texas a little bit too. Um, but yeah, just kind of talking about college football here. Uh, let's see. Who is the latest addition to the top? Michigan, BYU, and Arkansas are all the most recent additions to the top 25 here for this uh, for this week at the time of recording. Wow, Texas got 23 votes. They went from being top 20 – they beat a top 25 opponent then lose to a top 20 – or lose to a team that's now in the top 25 and got 23 votes accordingly. That is brutal. That's sick. Um, that's also just proves from they the intro smoked. that Texas – is in fact not back. Texas is not back. <laughs> not yet. Maybe one year. <laughs> but I don't know. What do I'm you guys think? Uh, I'm surprised the Texas P chart didn't help them with uh, that, that Herman was running. You guys you guys ever hear about that? Mm-mm. Herman had a chart in the locker room that had like P colors and what they meant to like try to encourage his team to hydrate. Um, That's just... <laughs> and I don't think it worked at all. Maybe they're hydrated. Else. They can't play football, though. I mean, there was also the football coach beating the shit out of his guys uh, pregame. Yeah, I don't remember State. what college that was. Georgia, Georgia State. Georgia State. Okay. There's one dude that he ripped his helmet off, and like yeah. I saw a tweet. And it was just literally said, <laughs> "Just like these two have actual beef." That coach just wanted to beat the yeah. shit out of him. Yeah, and I I would agree with that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the top 25. I think the top five is pretty pretty solid um i think i'd switch oregon and iowa just because iowa has had two pretty dominant wins against really good teams i just think their resume overall is just a little bit better oregon obviously beat ohio state um but they also had a pretty close game against fresno state so we it's not really that telling um i guess either of those wins just because they've seen both spectrums of oregon where iowa has just looked a lot more complete as a team um Definitely the best team in the Big Ten thus far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I I think Iowa are definitely a better team, at least at least from what we have seen so far than Oregon. I mean, Oregon that was definitely an impressive victory versus Ohio State, but I, I still I agree. I, I definitely need to see more from Oregon. Um, I think BYU is gonna be an interesting team as well. Um, they have a really favorable matchup, I think this week in Arizona state. Um, and so uh, I think they could even go further up in the rankings. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if after beating them, there would be a um, around like 15 to 13. One other thing we didn't really talk about was the big 12 has some new members, right? Oh yeah. Completely forgot. Holy to shit. That. Yeah. That. <laughs> wow. That's some breaking news. I forgot about that. Yeah, so why don't we talk about that? We got BYU, UCF, um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and, and Houston. Houston. Houston, there it is. Those, honestly, all four of the, those programs will kind of go college football and a little bit of college basketball here. Yeah, my my start. I think it adds because Big Twelve obviously um, more recently has been more of a basketball conference, and I think these all four of those teams, UCF, not as much, but they they have a solid program. Um, those four teams definitely hold on, uh, add to that culture of the basketball. And with that, all have pretty solid football programs. Obviously, Cincinnati's representing the top 10. Um, I don't think they're going to be a perennial top 10 team, but it's definitely a team that has a strong program that can consistently compete for a top 25 spot. We know what UCF's done. You know, BYU's been producing talent 
for forever. And um, the fourth team is the team that I'm forgetting. Houston. Who's the fourth team? Houston. Yeah, Houston. I That's going to be sick for basketball. Yeah. Like... Houston versus Baylor every year is going to be a dope oh. matchup. Yeah. Houston's already been getting great recruits in basketball, so I can't even imagine what kind of recruits they're going to be getting now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's basketball, though. We can, From a football perspective, I think it's a little more important just because they're replacing these teams. I mean, they're replacing teams that are definitely better than Texas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there are four good pickups for the conference. You know, people were talking about the Big 12 ending and being over. And it's just turned into a trickle effect of seeing two teams go to the SEC. And now the American conference is getting screwed via the big 12. They're taking three of their teams, BYU's independent, but I think they all kind of fit the personality of like the big 12 and like the teams. I think they're around the same level. And obviously these teams making the jump to a bigger conference will help even improve their programs further. So it'll be interesting to see what other conferences get affected because I'm sure the American next will take a few teams from lower conferences, maybe like the Mac or Sunbelt, things like that. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Who do you guys think they're going to take right off the bat? I think like a Liberty would be a great addition to the American and then like coastal Carolina. I think yeah. Liberty more so yeah. just because Liberty's can compete on all athletic fronts. They've, a, they've had a really good basketball team for the past couple of years. And then obviously their football team has been really solid, but coastal Carolina, yeah. definitely the up and coming football team. Um, I can see the like first two. I can Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. You just got to find those programs that are just consistent in like multiple yeah. sports. And I think that's, yeah. we've, we've named three. Yeah, App State um, is getting better in basketball. Yeah, too. yes, they that's are. a good shout. Yeah, I think App State might be number one if they're looking for football because the American Athletic Conference kind of created to make like teams that were or schools that were focused on football more than or wanted both, but like a football. What about focus. like Buffalo? It's hard for me to see Buffalo leaving the MAC. Um, the MAC's established enough, I think. It it is pretty established, so that's kind of an. That's kind of an issue for me to see that potentially happening. Uh, I think Buffalo's got a really good thing going too. Uh, I don't, I don't see them winning the athletic really in any sport necessarily. Basketball, even if, they could. I don't know if they could anymore. Like, I just, just be Memphis. I think it's Wichita State. Yeah, and that's kind of like the issue. I don't know if. Cause they'd lose a bid there. I don't know how much March Madness ends up paying that school. Um, I imagine it's a decent amount. So, yeah. But if you go to the American athletic, you're also not necessarily needing to win your conference. That's true. Into the tournament. Yeah. Because if you get yeah. those wins against teams, like, like one win on the road against Wichita state or a win on the road against Memphis, that gets you into the tournament right off the bat or not necessarily, but if you have a strong enough non-conference uh, yeah. and then whatnot, and their football team has been really good the last few years, producing that one NFL talent as well. Who's that yeah. running back? He had like eight touchdowns. Jared Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. He's a <laughs> um. Yeah, and they've had like in the past they've had success with football too. Like, uh, I think they had a they may have had a top fifteen ranking at one point a few years back. Um, yeah. Like them, Northern Illinois and Kent State had a good few years there. Uh, when I was in like pretty sure it was when we were all in high school um but yeah no 
expansion talk is something I did not frankly think I would be talking about until like maybe like the late 2020s with the NBA, let alone, uh, I, I just, I don't know about you guys, but I never even considered the fact that like people would move divisions like this ever or something this radical could happen to college sports. Like I knew the NCAA kind of had it coming for them. I just didn't know in what kind of uh, way that they had it coming, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, this oh, is just crazy to see. One other one that I just saw, which be good, another good addition, UAB. They have the yeah. infrastructure to compete on all those fronts too. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, that that one and FAU, like one of the one of those schools. Yeah. But who knows? Any anyway, Florida I, school would get funding. It whoever ends up being able to go to the American Athletic, they will get a ton more money just from sponsorship yeah. and things. Yep. So it, it's very lucrative. So whoever gets that opportunity, I can see them jumping right at it. Um, but that'll be interesting for the future. Um, because it'll create some more contenders like teams that you just like see once every four years. You'll be seeing them every two or three years instead, which will be more exciting for more so college basketball than college football. But yeah, still, just because that's college like, football is still run by four teams. The first time I ever kind of thought about it too was like when Houston was added to the picture. Just the thought of them playing in the uh, in the Big 12 for basketball to me. I was like, for football, I'm like, okay, maybe like, they can be like a perennial average team with like a good season every now and again in the big 12. But the basketball piece for me is where I really, really start getting excited. And that honestly, like that they're the only school too, where I've really had that thought of like, this is like going to be sick for basketball specifically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Houston's and always I, kind of felt like a higher major school than they yeah. were. Yeah. And this promotional help them recruit in state and Texas is a very talent rich state. So help them earn more respect. All right. Let's look at, you guys want to look at some matchups who you got, what are there any good games on this week? I know Bama plays Florida. That should be a solid ass game. Let's save the one that we know is good. Yeah. I was going to say Auburn Penn state's the, that's the one uh, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, the one think, that I was talking about. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I think uh, I think IU Cincinnati is going to be yep. a really good game. Yeah, I think you know Cincinnati. Um, you know they've been one of you know the biggest subjects of co- you know college football news and and talk you know in recent years because of how good they've been and their exclusion from the college football playoff. And they have a lot to really prove this year. But also IU, you know, we're supposed to have a much better season than they are having right now. And if they don't really win this game. Um, they might not play in a bowl game this season, which is, which is you know probably uh, would be a huge disappointment for their program this year, given how they how how much they rose up from la- like from last season to now. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think this would be one of the best games of the week, especially with it being in at IU um, and Cincinnati. You know, had, definitely has a lot to prove as well. I think with Cincy too, they have to, they have to prove it kind of early here just because like when you look at their schedule, uh, they're right. As of right now, Notre Dame is ranked 12th, which they'll play them October 2nd, but who knows where Notre Dame's going to end up by the time that they play that game, because they have not looked strong terrible. at all. No, they look terrible. So, you know, you look at it, it's like, wow, that's a tough ranked matchup at Notre Dame. It might not be by the time that that game is played. So they really, really need to make sure that they take care of business and pretty solidly too here in these upcoming two games that they have, or else 
you know the committee's looking for excuses to screw them out. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to put too much time towards this because I get the like I can feel the jinx coming on here with us talking about all this. Um, <laughs> but you, like I said, you know the committee's looking for reasons to leave them out. So they could say, "Hey, you guys went to Notre Dame, played this uh, team, tough place to play, but you guys played them pretty close, and then they ended up like slightly above 500, mm-hmm. like maybe in a lower bowl game." So huge, huge importance for that. And it's a noon kickoff, too. I'll probably watch that one out of all the <laughs> noon ones. It's, it should yeah, be a game. Speaking of that, I've got a few games that I'm looking into. I think Michigan State at Miami will be a good matchup. Michigan State, you know, they got a new coach last year during the COVID year. So this is first year, you know, with his own recruiting class. And they've settled into the schemes and everything. So I think, and they've looked pretty good their first two games. And obviously Miami got blown out week one against Alabama, but they bounced back last week. So I think this would be a really intriguing game as well. And then the other game that I'm interested in is Fresno State at UCLA. UCLA has looked really good, but Fresno State's one of those group of five teams that I think is one of the better ones. And they barely lost to Oregon, who beat Ohio State at Ohio State, and then they smoked whoever they played last week. So I think this would be a really intriguing game in-state. I think this is a real test for UCLA. Even though it's at home, that will definitely help. I think uh, it will be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, um, and then you, you have the – obviously, you know, the the big one. Uh, that yeah. everyone's kind of got their eyes on Auburn Penn State is going to be crazy. I don't have a feeling on that one, one way or the other. A lot of these other games, I feel as if I have a good handle on them, but that one specifically, I feel like it could legitimately go either way. Let me see what the line is. It's Penn State by five right now. Yeah, that's a lot of really good yeah. out, uh, value for Auburn, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. That line's dropped from, I think, it started at minus six and a half. But, yeah, um, it'll be really interesting to see. I'm super excited. Obviously, I'm a little biased. I think Auburn's got the – I think they're the better team, but obviously the environment and Penn State chose it to be a whiteout instead of a Big Ten game. Uh, You got SEC coming to town, and it's a ranked game. I think it'll be – definitely a tough environment and Bo Nix has looked really good the first two games but he's known to struggle on the road especially in tougher environments so it'll be really interesting to see how he's matured under this new coach and I mean they've outscored obviously it's been weaker opponents Akron and I was gonna say can we talk about who they've played (laughs) but they They I mean they've outscored them 112 to 10 which is a massive margin so it'll be really interesting to see really two great defenses um the lines at like 52 or 53 hammer the under it's going to be a really low scoring game uh a game that won't be low scoring that i'm also really excited to watch because i think it's going to be really high scoring uh two lane old miss i think that's going to be a just a shootout we already watched Tulane put up or score with oklahoma earlier this season and we know old miss is good at putting up a ton of points. The over-under right now is currently at 76, which is absolutely crazy. 
Um, <laughs> so if it, it overhits, that's going to be one of the games of the season, I'd say, um, assuming it's a close game. Um, I think Tulane is going to give Ole Miss a really good shot here. Uh, Ole Miss is minus 14 favorites right now, but I think this Tulane team's a lot better than what they're getting respected at. Like, what do Chris, what was the line against Oklahoma? You said it was something crazy, right? It was uh, 31 and a half. Which is just like the fact that it's minus 14 now. I Clearly, they've gotten a little more respect. Obviously, Ole Miss isn't the same caliber of opponent. But for yeah. for the line to move that much, I really think Tulane still could cover this even win. I don't love the money line, but I think the Tulane plus 14 is solid money. Um, I'm definitely going to put some money on it mostly because I'm going to be watching that game and I'd like to have some vested interest in it. But I also think this is a pretty good test for Ole Miss. They've obviously looked pretty good in their first two games. I think Tulane's going to be a good test, a uh, team that they might come in underestimating a little bit just because of the one-on-one record um, and the spread. But who knows? I think it'll be a fun game to watch. It's at eight. Um, so probably not actually going to watch it because <laughs> Penn State, Auburn's on. But you know what? I'll pretend to say that I watched it. I'll have it on in the background at the match. Second monitor actions. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure it out. Um, another another good game that's going to be online at night is the Oklahoma State Boise State game. Yeah, that's going to that should be a really fun game. Uh, yeah, uh, Boise State are favored, which I think is really interesting because I I, I imagine um, that Oklahoma State are the much better team. So you know, I, I think it'll be a really fun game. Um, and, I, and, and Boise State always has, you know, it's a home game for them, and they always have the the crazy field. So, gotta watch that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think this will be a big weekend too for UNC and uh, Sam Howell as well. Uh, they're playing against UVA, currently favored by eight, but I think he's kind of fallen, understandably, from his first game, just from a draft perspective. Uh, I feel like who is it? Is it Strong from Nevada? Is that his name? Yeah, Carson Strong, yeah. I think at this point, is kind of like the guy. It's still really early on in the season and these things change, but just from a draft perspective, he has to have he has to start having big games here. And it sucks for him because like his line is horrible this year. And he lost so many weapons, as you guys talked about last week, uh, that it's like a completely different team. When your coach is even saying like we were overrated, that's that's pretty intense uh, criticism there, you know? That's, like, so that's how you know. That's how you that? know it's uh, good old Mac Brown, man. <laughs> uh, any last calls for college football? Oklahoma is going to cover minus 22 spread. Oh. I, I feel pretty confident on that. Look for Mr. Purdue Nebraska. money line at Notre Dame. I'm going to give okay. a Kent State shout out. I don't know for what, but shout out Kent State. Oh, they're playing Iowa. Never mind. <laughs> um i think uh i think um wsu washington state university will will keep it close and maybe even beat usc um you know just with usc's a little all the turmoil a little turnover that's been going on with their team and since they're they're not really in good form right now having just lost to stanford um and us at, at wsu is a kind of a tough place to play and then it should be a really high scoring game all right that concludes college football for now. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, yeah. NFL, the other football league. Uh, we just kicked off uh, this past weekend. I When did the last pod come out? Was it after the Bucks game? Yeah. Yeah, well, that night. Day. Okay. Same day. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, a lot of week one action to go into. The Houston Texans are 1-0. 
one of the best records in the league. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Only team in the AFC South to get a win. Also pretty cool. Uh, and they're going to get probably the floor wiped with them this weekend. But uh, more on that uh, later. So yeah, week one, uh, I guess, surprises, disappointments, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, I have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so personally, I, I didn't think the Packers were going to lose by 35 and not score a touchdown. Um, credit to the Saints. Their defense looked unbelievably good. Ridiculous. Um, they put they put Jameis Winston in pretty much the easiest place to win a football game, especially when you get two turnovers against Aaron Rodgers and one of one of them's in the red zone. You're putting yourself in a pretty good position to win a football game. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from Green Bay, or there's two. Uh, one, maybe Joe Barry wasn't the right hire. We'll see in the coming weeks, but it definitely wasn't off to a good start. Uh, and then the second one is the Packers. I definitely downplayed our need of David Bakhtiari. Um, thought we would be fine, but the right side of the line was getting destroyed the entire game. Um, Royce Newman and whoever the fucker right tackle is, were just getting bodied. Um, the left side was still fine with Jenkins, but once Bakhtiari's back and Elgin Jenkins is back on that right side, I think they'll be fine. But like I said, Bakhtiari's not back for – another five weeks uh he doesn't come back until week six and the Packers schedule does not get much easier luckily we play the Lions week two so like that (laughs) we should win that game and then we're on the road uh in San Francisco and then at home against the Steelers and then we go on the road against the Bengals which they looked a lot better than most people were expecting them to look um and then at the Bears which if you don't have a great line, playing the Bears isn't always an enjoyable experience. And then after that is against the football team. So, like, that's a pretty brutal stretch to go without Bakhtiari. Um, I, I'm pretty ner- – like, I'm not nervous-nervous, but they need to show some signs of life on that line in order for the Packers to, like – luckily the rest of the NFC North also looked like absolute dog shit. So we're not completely screwed. But definitely some room for improvement at the very minimum. Yeah, I, I think the Packers, you know, they shouldn't be completely worried, but I, de- I definitely think there's definitely some cause for concern with how they played with the with the against the Saints. That's obvious, especially, um, uh, you know, with like what Schultz was alluding to the offensive line and Rodgers needs to play so much better. I mean, his passer rating was worse than throwing it into a dirt into the <laughs> into the dirt every play. So he's got to be better there on on his own end and. You know, and I, I think luckily the defense um, should have a, a much easier matchup this week against the Lions. So, um, like, they had some turnovers um, again. You know, they, uh, the Lions had some turnovers against the 49ers. So, if, the, if, if, if Green Bay can do that at home and, you know, focus on a really good win, I think, you know, they should be able to, to beat them decisively. If they could just focus in a little bit better this, this week. And I think, that's, I think that could be easily done. Um, so I, but I'm not, and I, and I, if it becomes tough for them with their schedule, I think if they do go nine and eight, 10 and seven, I think that could still be enough to win the division. I agree. It's got to take care of the division guys. Cause they're all playing the pretty much the same schedule. So. Right. Exactly. And, and, and with, because of the extended schedule this year and with how good the, you know, the, the ducks are, it, it didn't really seem likely that green Bay was going to get the first seed anyway. Yeah. Get me in the playoffs. That's all I yeah. care about. 
Yeah, I'm quite disappointed in the Colts. I'm pumping the brakes for now. <laughs> we, you know, we pay these guys. We want to keep our own guys and pay them, be the highest paid player at their position, and they just don't show up against a very good team that was a playoff team last year and probably going to be this year. Um, Darius Leonard just was not involved except the one turnover he caused, which was one play. He just wasn't moving around like he always does. Um, and then you also got Braden Smith, the highest paid right tackle being put on his ass by a rookie. So it's just, I don't know, like our strengths going into the season and last year were known as our O-line and our defense. And those were the two worries when our question mark going into this week, Carson Wentz was the really only positive. I think he looked pretty good, especially with how the line was playing. Um, I think it's promising to see. He didn't really show any signs of the foot affecting him, maybe a little slower in the pocket, but he was still able to escape some situations and, I think he looked better than I was kind of expecting, especially considering how the rest of the team played. And like you pointed out for the Packers, our schedule's not getting any easier. Got the Rams coming to town this week, and then we're at Tennessee, and then I think at Miami, and then home Baltimore. So maybe flip that around, but not that's five uh, – Four playoff teams, one borderline team that we snuck in and ahead of last year. So, and the, all those teams got better. So, it'll be interesting to see how we back bounce back. We need some of our starters to get back healthy and playing, or else we could be starting one and four, zero oh and five this year. I do think, though, that there's any team other than the Texans that benefits, you know, from how the AFC South kind of went. Uh, uh, this first week, it's it's definitely the Colts, the, the Titans losing as badly as they did to Arizona kind of shows that maybe they're susceptible to not making the playoffs this year and that they're a much weaker team than we may have thought going into the season. Um, and also Jacksonville just looking absolutely horrendous against Houston um, doesn't really bode well for their chances this year either. So I think the Colts definitely got the even though they did lose to the Seahawks. Um, uh, go Hawks, uh, <laughs> but we can get to that later. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think the Colts, like, like you said, once looked a lot better this, um, than he did last year in this, in this first game, um, there weren't really a lot of turnover, turnover worthy throws. Um, you know, I think it was really, and especially with how well the Seahawks, you know, were playing, um, against the Colts offensive line and how much passion, you know, pressure they were uh, engendering, um, Wentz was did especially on the the first touchdown drive, um, uh, did have some nice throws under pressure, which you, usually you don't really see from him. He usually you know holds onto the ball way too long or makes a mistake. Um, but yeah, there was wasn't really any of that uh, this week. Um, I think uh, he played he played pretty well overall. Um, it's just a matter of you know cutting down the things of like you know just keep keep improving on getting the ball out faster and not necessarily running around aimlessly, which is sometimes he's prone to doing, <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely surprised that like, I thought the Colts defense would be a lot better, especially um, down the middle. Uh, the Seahawks definitely took advantage of the, the safety play. Julian, Julian Blackman really struggled against Tyler Lockett um, 
in the, you know, especially using cover two against them a lot. And the Seahawks pretty much had every cover two beater beater in their playbook this week. Um, but yeah, uh, I think overall the Colts, you know, have a lot to be encouraged about. Uh, and I think it will get better. Um, it might not get better completely this week um, against a, a tough Rams team. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it, they definitely um, should be encouraged. Agreed. I think two kind of teams that I want to talk about that I was super concerned about, uh, the Tennessee Titans, for one, uh, that line looked the worst I've ever seen them look. I think the Cardinals pass rush is good. I don't think they're that good, though. Um, definitely not as good as they showed. Uh Credit to, credit to Arizona, though. They looked really good. But Tennessee really concerned me with how bad that offensive line was. It really prevented anything from going uh, their way. Uh, Jaguars, I'm not too shocked about them, honestly. Uh, they have a lot of holes. Trevor Lawrence, I think, had one of the coolest games to me, though, because he made throws that a rookie would make where it's like mistakes. And then he made like there were like three or four throws in the game where it's like, damn, you see one of these throws like once a season, damn near. And you could just kind of see the talent. You could see the wheels kind of turning his head and him starting to figure things out. Uh, the other team, though, that I was pretty concerned about here would be the New York Giants. Uh, they looked, like, horrible. They just – I was not expecting them to lose that bad to Denver. It could be me selling Denver short, but just offensively, I didn't – you know, Daniel Jones kind of struggled. They had decent numbers, but they just were – unable to get it done time and time again. Uh, oh, one more shout out to the Atlanta Falcons are so much worse than I thought they were. <laughs> oh, I know the Eagles also <laughs> like, I don't want to discount the Eagles though. Cause I think it like yeah, the Falcons Eagles, sucked, but the Eagles looked, looked really, really good. They looked really, really strong, but the Falcons, Oh my gosh, that was, that was, it was hard to watch. It really was. Yeah, no, the Falcons, um, especially defensively, you know, some of their best players were really disappointing. Like Grady Jarrett and Gion Jones were were very, you know, were pretty poor against the Fal against the Eagles, um, and they really need those guys to be productive if they want to have any chance of, you know, getting stops. Um, and the eagle, the Eagles were just able to, you know, do whatever they want offensively. Um, they they won the line of battle of the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm I'd be pretty concerned about the Falcons. Uh, I mean, their offensive line was was horrific and uh, didn't seem like any of the other wide receivers like uh, like Russell Gage or Zashiakis. I don't even know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they didn't really do anything either. So I don't know. It's just, it seems like it, unless they can get Ridley and Pitts the ball, uh, they're not going to really score that much either. So I, I, I'd be really concerned. Um, and Matt Ryan just looks completely average. So um, I don't really know where this team is can really go. I thought that maybe they'd be able to pull something together this year, um, especially with a new head coach. But um, I don't think so. I think it's it's just going to be a kind of mediocre season. One team that I'll talk about um, that kind of surprised me, I, the Steelers' defense is really good. 
because <laughs> they they shut down that Bills that Bills offense is supposed to be one of like a top five offense in the NFL, which they probably will be. But that Steelers defense made them look terrible, and I guess maybe the Steelers defense can't be good enough to make up for any lack in ability that their offense has um, with Big Ben. But that also caused for concern. Their offensive line still didn't look great um, in Pittsburgh. So I still think they're going to struggle um, throughout a full season because you can't completely rely on a defense to win you a Super Bowl in the NFL anymore. But I do think that the Steelers looked a lot better than I was expecting. Um, that defense shut down Josh Allen for pretty much the entire game. Um, we'll see how well they can adjust on offense because obviously the offense didn't look great. Um but we'll see. I was I just wanted to shout out the Steelers because I know we were kind of discounting them last week as a team that might miss out on the playoffs, but definitely impressed with them. Yeah, I I, um, I, I think this, this this game this week will be really interesting to see how much the Steelers, uh, how good the Steelers will be, because I was also really impressed with the Raiders on you know, the Monday night uh, yeah. game was was tremendous. Um, you know, definitely one of the best games of week one. Uh, and I was also just impressed with how much, you know, or, or, or how many, like, yeah, how much the, the, the Raiders were aggressive in the, the passing game. I mean, we've always kind of thought of John Gruden as this kind of, uh, you know, conservative head coach, but, you know, they were really aggressive in targeting Darren Waller. I mean, he had so many targets I mean, you know, if he had, didn't have so many drops in the first half, you know, the Raiders would have, you know, probably scored over 40 points they would have had a really dominant offensive game. Uh, and uh, I think they should, you know, their wide receivers kind of came out a little late, um, but I think there, there might be some room to grow with the talent they have on that team. You know, Brian Edwards and Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro all looked really solid. Henry Ruggs had some slip ups here and there, but he's still a really good prospect in my opinion. Um, their offensive line, you know, could be, could have been better. Um, but I think they have a good a solid duo of running backs as well with, with Drake and, and, and Jacobs. Um, Drake was used a lot more than I thought uh, he was going to be, and he had to do a nice element in the passing game. So I feel like offensively they were really solid, and, and Gakwe and Crosby were incredible in that game, um, generating pressure against the Ravens' uh, you know, offensive line. Um, and I was impressed with Carr. You know, I think earlier on, like there were a lot of people on social media, you know, talking about how much he sucked and everything, but he really stepped up and made a ton of big throws. And, uh, um, you know, I, I really feel like he was one of the more impressive players um, in week one and down the stretch of that game. Agreed. Definitely. Definitely do yeah. agree with that one, too. I also think the Cowboys deserve a shout out. Yep. This is a team that oh, came yeah. in with a lot of question marks, especially at the quarterback position. You know, Dak had that gruesome injury last year and then came back to training camp with that being healthy and had an injury with his arm or shoulder. Um, you know, he looked really good on Thursday as, against the defending champions at home with everyone, every starter back. And they lost by two points, really probably should have won that game. I think uh, they've got a lot of promise the rest of the year, especially in a division that we've seen, especially last year, be a, a weaker one. What does Washington do at quarterback from here on out? Uh, Heineke. I, mean, we, I know it's Heineke season for now, but. Cam for, Newton. I was going to say, does anyone know the Ron Rivera-Cam Newton relationship status here? 
I'm just kind of trying to. Boyfriends, aren't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think in my head, like, would that be a route that they would go? Because like that, they looked good. They did look good. Uh, the defense was really good. The offense looked as if they were going to be good enough to get it done uh, this past weekend, but they were unable to. And now with Fitzmagic going down, you have Heineke, and then I believe a practice squad guy is his backup. So I, that's I don't definitely something to monitor. I, I don't know. I I would probably guess that the the Washington football team would not be interested in Cam Newton, especially since you know Ron Rivera um, already was dealing with a um, kind of go back with the issue about unvaccinated players. That's right. Um, you know they had a big they had a big problem early in the offseason with not with, with you know with not getting players vaccinated, and especially because since Ron Rivera has gone over cancer, you know he's you know immunocompromised. Um, and so I feel like that would be a bit of a risk if they were just in his mind, if they wanted to bring in Cam Newton to the fold when they already, you know, need to encourage maybe more players on their team to get vaccinated. Um, but I think that they'll probably feel comfortable with Taylor Heineke as the starter for the, the rest of the season, unless he gets hurt. Um, and then maybe they would, you know, have to bite the bullet on somebody like Cam, but I think they trust Taylor. I mean, he played really well in the playoff game against the Bucks. Um, he didn't really look all that good <laughs> this past week against the Chargers, but I, I, I think I, you know, he did that. It's kind of hard to come into a game like that, especially when you're expecting that Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter for like the holy season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you've also got guys too, potentially who they could look to trade for later on in the season. You know, a guy like Drew Locke might end up becoming available. Uh, on the market, depending on what Denver wants to do there. Uh, there's also the Deshaun Watson card, but I don't, I don't see that happening yet. Um, there's, they have options out there though. They, uh, they do, I guess the question becomes like, we, we've kind of talked about is when, uh, when, if ever, do they end up pulling that trigger? That defense though looked solid, like as definitely as advertised to me. I actually like that Drew Locke shout out. I think, you know, Riverboat Ron, he's known for taking gambles and shots in the games and some risky situations. And Drew Locke's a quarterback that likes to take chances. He can push the ball downfield. So I think that would be an interesting match. And maybe maybe he just needed a different change of scenery or new coaching to kind of find his place in the NFL. And shout out Teddy, too. Like I said, he uh, Teddy absolutely balled out, and I was not expecting that out of him. I thought he would be good enough to like keep you in a game, but not win it, and that was just false, apparently. Well, Still I mean, they also played the Giants. I mean that too, but he he had a solid, uh, he had a nice little game there. So, what games are you guys looking at this week? I got one that I'm not gonna bet on, but I think it's gonna be a really fun game: the Cowboys and the Chargers. I think if you like offense, which most people like offense, I think that'll be a really fun game to watch. It's going to be a lot of throwing and a lot of touchdowns scored. Um, I'm really looking forward to that um, with my Amari Coopers and my CD Lambs and my Mike Williams on my teams. So that's probably my number one game to watch from a neutral perspective, especially because Packers play on Monday night. So I'll be able to watch whatever I want all, all Sunday, which is probably my favorite thing to happen. Um, especially especially if the Packers play anything like they did last week. Um, then I'm thankful for it. 
Uh, but yeah, I right off the bat, I definitely am going to be throwing that game on, um, especially because it's a four twenty five game. So red zone's not necessarily necessary. Yeah, necessarily necessary. Well, wow. what phrasing? Um, well, outside of the Raiders Steelers game, I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, I like I like the Raiders personally. Uh, I think that's really good. They really good value on the plus five and a half points. Um, uh, but I think the Eagles 49ers game is also going to be a really interesting game. I was really, you know, I was really impressed with the Eagles. Like I said, they were, were really good on both, uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, and it seems like their receiving core is already pretty solid. Uh, so, and the, and the, the Niners are really banged up on defense. Um, you, they, green law is questionable. They just lost one of their starting corners for the, the season. Um, and, uh, Armstead is questionable. D Ford's questionable. Uh, yeah. Like I said, Brett is gone for the year. Um, green law is questionable. Like there, those are several defensive starters. that are just going to be out for the Niners, which, which I felt like really affected them at the end of that game against the lions. Since the lions almost came back and won. I think the Eagles are a much better team to take advantage of that and maybe even win, so I like the Eagles on the money line against the Niners. I think that's going to be Ooh, a really fun spicy. game. Yeah. Um, uh, and just with, you know, Jimmy G starting uh, still, I, I'm just not completely confident in that team, um, especially if they're missing some defensive starters. Um, so I think both those teams are going to, both those games are going to be really fun. Excited for those. Um, I'll be going to the, the Seahawks opener, home opener versus the Titans. So I'm hyped for that. Uh, that should be a really good game. I expect to win obvious, um, of how good that we looked against the Colts and how bad the, the Titans looked. Uh, hopefully we can win decisively. I'm not going to hijack Kylie's pick. Uh, so I'm going to go with Bill's Dolphins is my kind of one that I'm watching. I'm going to assume Kylie's going to pick the Colts. That actually uh, was my pick. Oh, okay. Then I will hijack it. Uh, Will, Fuller's, <laughs> will Fuller's back this week. So I want to see what that Dolphins team ends up looking like with Will Fuller on offense. I'm not sure how much it's necessarily going to move the needle for a game like this, but I am excited to see kind of how does Tua look with this, with, you know, the addition of even more weapons here. Uh, And then the uh, Rams Colts I'll talk about after uh, Kylie uh, finishes uh, picking another game here. Unless he's going to piggyback, we'll see. I mean, I'll I'll talk about the Colts Rams. You know, I'm I'm really nervous. Obviously, uh, I'm going to it, so Sick. I'm sure I'll be going through it. But yeah, <laughs> what I does mean, that mean? <laughs> You're gonna be going through it. I got him. Yeah, you're gonna get bullied at the I game. Mean, it's gonna be an emotional you know? time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Cooper Cup. There's a lot of there's on a, I do have Cooper Cup in my fantasy, so I wouldn't be too mad. But <laughs> yeah, trees. Get this into Bobby a, Trees instead. This is a big game for us. We we didn't look very good last week, but I'll give it to us. The first week we had a lot of injuries in the offseason and we were playing a very good team. So and we've also lost seven straight week one games, so it's nothing new. We, we're a team that has shown to be able to bounce back. We were first year under Frank Reich, one and five, and came back and made the playoffs. So, you know, our strengths of the team, I say that in quotations, 
I'm looking for them to bounce back. Obviously, it's going to be a tough matchup for the O-line going against Aaron Donald, but hopefully he'll be lined up against Quentin Nelson, who's one of the best offensive guards and wasn't one of the ones that really struggled last week. So that'll be an interesting matchup, and we got to see if the defense is back. You know, usually when you play the Rams, you just worry about putting up some points, but now that they have Stafford, who looked very good, they're going to be a tough offense to stop, and – we got to make sure that our defense gets back and actually follows their assignments. And hopefully we don't just run zone, even when we're getting torched like Swiss cheese. So yeah, maybe make some adjustments. Yeah. I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Uh, I, I think the Colts honestly have a good, um, and they have some decent personnel to go against the Rams. I think we saw, you know, we, we saw how, how well David Montgomery played in week one against the Rams. I think that means that Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor should both have really good games against the Rams. It's going to be, should be really funny, especially um, how, how, how well uh, Jonathan Taylor was playing when they split him out wide against the Seahawks. So I think that that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch out for how much the, how much the Colts continue to throw to their running backs in that, in this game against the Rams. I think it's a big gut check for them too, honestly. Uh, just kind of determining like, are they able to keep up with it? And also, are the Rams for real? I think the Rams looked, honestly, all the NFC West looked like the best teams in they football. Look, in yeah, my they look amazing. Like, it, it's ridiculous the amount of talent out there. Uh, but I was particularly looking at this one just because I wanted to see how would the Colts respond to last week. They're up against another decent defense. And on top of that, too, like that Rams offense was humming, too, last week as well. So uh, should a, should be a – honestly, it's a really, really strong slate of games. Like there there yeah. really isn't a single game that I'm looking at here where I'm like rolling my eyes. Like I, I guess Falcons-Bucks is the closest thing to that. Like I think Packers-Lions might end up being okay, too. I'm just – I don't know why I have such a soft spot for the Detroit Lions, yeah, but I, I do and always have. Like it's it's annoying. I always think that they're way better than they end up being, or like they're they're just borderline. They're right on the cusp of becoming relevant, and it just never it never falls through. It sucks. It's just the city of Detroit. Uh, we'll wrap up with. Uh, are we anything else before we wrap up with uh, betting picks? Of course, since it's the twenty twenty one. Uh, nah. I don't have anything else, I don't think. How are we doing buddy picks? Are we just going to do one each? Yeah, yeah whatever you like. Yeah, yeah. I already, already kind of gave up a few, so then, but we'll, we'll do more. <laughs> I'll throw mine out there. Uh, Texans plus 12 and a half against Cleveland. I think we suck. I don't think we suck that bad. Whoa. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs minus three and a half. I wasn't that impressed with the Ravens this week. Um, I just think the Chiefs are really good. Mm. That That's my expert analysis on that one. I like that. I know. I've got two picks. I like Patriots minus five and a half against the Jets and the Saints minus three and a half against the Panthers. That Saints spread. Big kind dubs. Of a, the Saints spread. Or uh, spread seems kind of a little too low. It's a trap. Like, um, I feel like the Panthers aren't like don't have a shot in that game. 
I don't know. I, I mean, it, that, 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 there's been a lot of line movement in that game going in the direction of, uh, you know, the favor of the Panthers. So, I mean, it, it should be it should be an interesting game. I expect it to be really high scoring. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Saints are also going to have some injuries on defense. So I, I don't have a pick for that game, but just kind of I was doing some research on it. And I, I noticed that uh, that the Saints may be a little banged up on defense. Um, but I think I, I just to go a little contrarian, I, I actually was kind of impressed with some of the things that Baltimore was doing. So I think I'm really? Baltimore money line oh. um, in in that game. Uh, I really like the value on it at plus one seventy. Um, I think I think the the that Lamar and the different looks they showed in the passing game, um, you know that they that they were doing especially early on in the in the first half. Um, I loved how their offense was looking. Um, if Tyson Williams is, is healthy, I think he adds a, a, a significant element to that offense um, with his speed. Um, I think that was one big thing that really affected them in the second half when they were starting to get the ball more to Latavius. Um, they just have, you know, so many different running backs coming into their system. It's been, it's been hard for them to stay consistent, but I think their game plan was good in that game against the Raiders um, and especially defensively with some of the stuff that they were doing um, in the first half, I thought they were looked, they looked solid. It was just that the Raiders, you know, were I think much better offensively than a lot of, a lot of us thought going into the season and Waller adds a significant element. So, um, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey is uh, not an easier target. He's not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's pretty <laughs> fucking good. So, uh, you know, they, but I think, I think the the Ravens did uh, offer some frustrations to the Raiders early on in that game. So if they can, and you know, the Ravens are not afraid to uh, go for two and, and, and go for it on extra for extra possessions, kind of what like Cleveland did against the chiefs early on. Um, I think that's just a vital part of beating them, you know, you know, just getting as many possessions as you can. Um, uh, because as you saw in the game against the Browns, the chiefs just erupt at any moment in time, kind of like the warriors in basketball. I, I but, still yeah. can't believe the Browns won <laughs> that game. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I feel like they, they, probably should have won but if that if that punt that punt didn't doesn't get muffed uh you know they probably win it, it's yeah. that was kind of that was really unfortunate and yeah. didn't really have, didn't really do them any justice for how well they played i thought the browns looked really good yeah i think the browns are probably the second best team in the afc oh for sure and i wouldn't be surprised to, yeah if we saw that if that browns chief skin again in the playoffs yeah i'm down that was a great game that was one of the best games Probably the best game of the day. Yeah, that was a phenomenal game. Yeah, I'll go ahead and also uh, give a shout-out to Mr. Hot and an apology to the Bears listeners, but Bengals money line plus 112. <laughs> it's a very even game. I think the Bengals showed some promise last week and the Bears struggled a little bit and that w- defense might not be as good as advertised. So look for the Bengals money line and i'm definitely looking at the over also 44 and a half if burrow has any sort of time to throw they're going to get torched i just don't know how i feel about bears pass rush like if it's bears secondary versus bengals receivers bengals receivers lap them like five times 
because of how bad that, that secondary was. Did you see that highlight of Jamar Chase going up against Patrick Peterson? Oh my he gosh. Just, he turned him, I think, three times. Yeah. It was yeah. absolutely disgusting. That it was. The uh, fact that he can catch is pretty exciting. Yeah, what Maybe a, what he was a just welcome, sandbagging. Uh, what, what a welcome development here. Oh, also, I the top three wide receivers, unlike last year's class, all three of the top three receivers looked really, really good um, this year to like to start the season. Devontae Smith looked really good because like Henry Ruggs was the number one receiver from last year. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know how he, he turned out. All three of those guys look like they're going to be like number one receivers for a long time in the league. Um, I thought it was really fun how they used Waddle too in Miami. So I'm excited to see how he continues. Looks like everybody has pretty good chemistry. Also helps that two of them are playing with quarterbacks they played with in college. Yeah, and with Waddle, too, he should benefit from Fuller coming back, too. Yeah. Uh, just because you can't play that safety over the top on him. because you, All he, three, if you, actually. If you if you don't – oh, that's right. Oh, fuck, yeah. You're right. Jalen Jalen Mack and Tua. There we go. I would, that's wait. an Oklahoma quarterback. No, 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 no. Did they play what? together? Jamar and Burrow. Oh, that's what I was uh, – dude, I was just thinking Bama players. I was like, what are you talking about? I was sitting here like – Mac doesn't have any band. He has Damien, but that's it. But yeah, all three. Touche to me. <sighs> but yeah, I, I think that to finish my point, that helps it even more. I think that really helps with the familiarity. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. Agreed. Uh, that should be it. I said my line again for about the 15th time. In the meantime, thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Bye.